Hello, listeners, and welcome to State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your host, Stephen Payton. The date is Friday the 8th of October 2021. Let's get into it. Kicking things off, the First Minister has signalled that a concrete decision on a second referendum could be announced in the spring. She spoke of her intent during a newspaper interview this week. While leaked documents also suggest that the SNP is preparing to step up the campaign for independence. This would be in line with the Scottish Government's current plan to hold a second referendum in 2023, one way or another. If the pandemic has passed to a significant enough degree by then. There is certainly frustration over how long it is taking for something a little bit more concrete than it'll happen soon, trust us. Particularly when you think of these leaked documents that suggest campaigning is about to take up a notch again. Too many summers of independence that failed to materialise has left me somewhat sceptical for the time being. Still, it's not like the campaign for independence ever really stopped at a grassroots level. So, spring. You know, I do think the ultimate goal of holding an independence referendum during this parliamentary term is still likely, and it's probably what everyone is working towards. It's just that the lack of information around it, and the repeated promises of something being just around the corner, are wearing a little thin. I suppose, though, that we're going to have plenty of other things to worry about this winter instead. These next few months of shortages and spiralling fuel costs amid welfare cuts may be the most effective case for independence yet, albeit one that will come with a terrible human cost. Particularly alongside the news that the chance to protect the rights of children will be denied to the Scottish Parliament. The UK Supreme Court has ruled that the Children's Rights Bill, passed unanimously by the Scottish Parliament, falls out with the Parliament's legislative competence. It would have incorporated the UN Convention of the Rights of the Child into law. Nicola Sturgeon has warned that the current powers of the Scottish Parliament leave us unable to fully protect children's rights, even in devolved areas. If our Parliament was independent, no such restriction would apply. Anyone thinking... This is an abstract argument should reflect that also today, the UK government is taking £20 per week from the pockets of the poorest families, making it harder for many parents to provide essentials for their children. It is grim. And further to that, it raises questions around legal routes to holding a second referendum and whether or not they will be struck down. But, speaking of taking money away from the pockets of the poorest families in Scotland, would you believe that our own Scottish Secretary Alistair Jack has been caught in an immoral quandary of his own in this area? The Tory Cabinet Minister defended plans to cut universal credit as we head into a brutal winter, saying that it had run its course. But at the same time, it turns out that he has claimed almost £100,000 in subsidies in the last year alone. On Jack's register of interests, he lists a company called Curran's Farms. It turns out that over the past several years, in fact, Jack's Curran's Farms has received financial assistance from the EU to the tune of over £836,000. And according to figures from farmsubsidy.org, he also took another €600,000 from the EU's common agriculture policy between 2001 and 2009. Funny that... How a Tory politician could be so happy to help themselves to public funds when they need it, and yet so willing to cut others off in a much more financially dire situation. 
not unlike another Tory MP this week, Peter Bottomley, who asked for a pay rise because he believed it was difficult to scrape by on £82,000 a year as a salary, while simultaneously voting to cut back on welfare spending for people on significantly less. So which is it, Peter? Can folk get by on a reduced welfare system, or do we all need over 82 k to scrape by? This is, unfortunately, a systemic issue with Westminster politicians, who have always been happy to subsidise themselves, whether at the bar or through outrageous expense claims, while at the same time arguing that we all need to tighten our belts and cutting away support for the most vulnerable. You would only need to look to this week's Tory party conference to see how little care they have for others. And at that conference, there was also a collection of essays published under the title of Strength in Union, the Case of the United Kingdom, which comes dangerously close to saying strength in the union, which could have been interpreted entirely differently, but the Tories would never admit that. In this little collection of essays, one in particular has drawn iron, that being Theresa May's contribution. In her defence of the union, May claims that the UK is, quote, Admired around the world, <laughs> precisely because we have built a peaceful, stable and prosperous union for four nations, each of which retains its own identity and traditions, and each of which contributes to a greater whole. We are a model that others seek to emulate. To which I would ask, which UK are you describing, Teresa? Right now... We have severe labour shortages because the Tories' hostile immigration policies and Brexit rhetoric have driven away foreign workers who they now need to beg to come back to help fix their mistakes. We are being described on the global stage as a country on the brink of disaster, viewed as a hotbed of transphobic rhetoric that is exported around the world and having burned all bridges with its neighbours to secure a myopic, ultra-nationalist Brexit that has done serious harm across the board. And let's not forget the many ways which May contributed to this horrible culture herself, including sending around anti-immigrant vans with Go Home in the side of them. There is nothing stable about the union between these four nations, and the sooner it comes apart, the better. But that does bring us to an end this week. So with all that said, where does that leave the state of the union? Like the Tory party conference, shallow, ugly, and to be avoided. See you all again next week. <laughs>